0: But what we didn't realize was that the Lois and Clark people loved the idea of Clark and Lois being engaged and getting married. They just didn't want
1: us to do it before they did. We could do it at the same time they did, but
0: that was probably two or three seasons away. So we, we came in with all these plans for the wedding, and suddenly, no wedding. We have to postpone it, you know. So now there's like a year's worth of stories we have to come up with. It's
2: perfectly understandable, uh, and in retrospect, I you know I, I I'm
1: completely sympathetic. But at the time, with our head full of carpet fumes, we were a little annoyed because we had to start over at square one. It wasn't just
2: scrapping the marriage; it was scrapping the entire year's worth of continuity they had worked on to get there. For creative people, and here I'm speaking of the DC creative people, that's that's hard. It's hard to shelve your plans, and so. I asked them, you know, what else they could come up with that was, you know, of that kind of proportion that would be just
0: as satisfying. There was some uh, grumbling. The guys were, they were concerned that they would never get to do the story. What if it's 10 years down the road? I'll have to come back from the dead to write the story, (laughs) you know? And it really was kind of a tough noogies uh, meeting. And uh, the guys sat with their arms folded, mad. No real ideas coming. Uh,
1: until the famous last words uh, from Jerry Ordway were,
0: let's just kill him, which Jerry said at every single meeting, whenever somebody would get stuck, when we would sit there with blank chart to fill, he would say, let's just kill him. And we'd say, that's nice, Jerry. Have a cookie, sit in the corner for a while.
1: This
2: time, I guess we were just ornery enough that we said,
1: yeah, let's kill him.
0: Hello and welcome to this special episode of And Why Not? Looking back on 30 years of Superman 75 um, and looking specifically at the death of Superman on film. Those voices you heard at the top of the episode belong to Roger Stern, John Bogdanov, Jeanette Kahn and Mike Carlin and were taken from the Requiem and Rebirth Superman Lives documentary which is available to watch on the Superman Doomsday DVD Blu-ray or at the time of this recording on the Warner Brothers Entertainment channel on YouTube. The 18th of November 1992 saw Superman number 75 hit comic shop shelves bringing with it the death of a comic book icon. The issue was the culmination of the Death of Superman story arc, which saw the Man of Steel fight the Creature Doomsday over seven issues, culminating with his death in Superman 75. The cultural impact of the issue created a legacy that endured for 30 years, with comics companies still trying to recapture that lightning in a bottle moment to this day. Film is not immune to this moment, the story being loosely adapted for Tim Burton's aborted Superman Lives film, before finally being depicted, again loosely adapted, in the DC animated movie Superman Doomsday in 2007. The story was then adapted in animation again in 2018, apparently more faithfully this time, in the film The Death of Superman. Although the Superman dying was loosely touched upon in Bryan Singer's Superman Returns, it wasn't until Zack Snyder's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice that we finally got to see Superman die, find Doomsday on the big screen. But did any of these films adapt Superman's death well? Did the creative changes they made do justice to the legacy of the story and bringing it to a new audience? Has it been adapted better elsewhere? Is it even possible or interesting to do a truly faithful adaptation of this story? In this special episode, we'll be attempting to answer these questions and maybe more as I'm joined by All-Star Superman podcast hosts Alan Burke and Rob O'Connor to take a look at the death of Superman on film. Evening, gentlemen. How are you?
1: Great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having us here, Stuart. Uh, it's, it's it's great to be back. It's great to be back on the podcast. Uh, I'm just sitting here enjoying a beer and looking forward to a, a good chat about death of superman and all its various incarnations
0: <laughs> yeah because i mean sort of going back to the beginning sort of obviously it started with the comic started this episode with the four of the people involved in the death of superman comic sort of where did the death of superman come to you in your lives were you aware of it at the time or was it something you discovered retroactively do you want to go first, Rob?
2: <laughs> um, I I was not aware. I it, so Superman died. If for one of a better word, when I was three, far too young to be reading comics. I discovered Lois and Clark when that first came out. Blah blah blah. The first uh, trade paperback I ever owned was World Without a Superman, uh, the cover of which is Lois Lane holding the cape to her face um, over Superman's coffin, and all the Justice League are in the background, including Batman and Robin. And I saw this and I thought, oh my God, Superman's dead. This is the coolest thing ever. Even looking at it at the time, I was like, I'm assuming this is just a story where Superman is dead and he has subsequently come back to life, which was the case, you know? Yeah. But uh, that was the first trade paperback I ever read. And it's a weird, I mentioned this in our Dan Jergens episode, it's a, it's a weird kind of entry point because the um, the most iconic part of the story has already happened, but in a way it's actually the most important part of the story because it's how the world reacts to Superman's death and you're learning about the kind of intricacies of Metropolis and all that kind of stuff and I just thought it was such a cool comic and I spent like most of my childhood wanting to read the other parts of it but never being able to afford to get them or whatever so uh, I didn't read the rest of it until I was much older and absolutely loved all that too Uh, But yeah, it it has kind of a special place in my heart for that. It introduced me to kind of the triangle era of Superman, which is my favorite era of comics. And uh, it was the first trade paper I ever had. So it means a lot to me for that reason.
0: And uh, Alan, what about yourself?
1: Yeah, I was there at the time. I remember um, I remember seeing it on the news. There was a lot of news coverage about it. Superman was going to be killed in the comic book. I didn't really read comics at the time. I was uh, Christopher Reeve was really that those four films were kind of my only understanding of Superman at the time. Uh, Lois and Clark, I don't think it actually aired at the time. The book, I don't think it had aired in Ireland at the time the book had come out. And I remember going down to there was no comic book shops around where I was. A uh, local news agents, Angela's Arch, and going in and getting a copy of Superman seventy five, which I have right here. It there. my original. I it's one of the only things I don't I don't have in in storage at the moment, but there it is. And uh, I remember reading it, and I thought that was the whole story. like those twenty eight panels was, was the whole death of Superman saga. And then I remember just being amazed by it going down back down to the shop. and she kind of had, like, Previous issues of Superman and Man of Steel and stuff that had come out over the previous years that people hadn't bought. And she was kind of she, I would go down every couple of weeks and she'd give me a few. And, but they were all over the place. Nothing was really in any kind of continuity. Uh, and that was really my first proper introduction to to comics that and uh, Speeding Bullets by James and Mateus. Yeah. And then I don't remember when I actually sat down. And read the full sat the full book. I remember, like seeing. I remember being awestruck by like the 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 images of, you know, a Doomsday's fist. Remember for at the end of a couple of issues, Doomsday's fist would be yeah. punching the wall and you know crying, crying, and the, the glove and the protrusions would kind of show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I remember reading it and thinking, well. I remember thinking it was very complicated at the time. It was hard to follow. There was a lot of kind of like I didn't understand certain things that had been done with say Supergirl and different characters and stuff because I I hadn't read them in 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 a certain in a certain order. Um but yeah, it really wasn't like Rob said it's a great introduction. It's it's a weird time to jump into comics. Like you're dealing with for me it was literally Superman being beaten to death. For Rob it was kind of the aftermath of that and how the world reacted to that. But it really made us, us and i I think our generation at the time kind of want to jump back in and find out well who was this Superman and you know what's going to happen after this and just kind of it, it is in a strange way a really great jumping off point into that what has become like we said to Dan Jurgens in our in our recent episode a kind of a modern golden age of comics yeah
2: it's actually Alan just on on that point you mentioned kind of wanting to jump in and I I always remember this one line. In World Without a Superman where Jimmy Olsen says, uh, oh, we should contact that doctor who uh, retrieved the kryptonite bullet that nearly killed Superman when Bloodsport shot him with a kryptonite bullet or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, that sounds so cool. (laughs) And it, it was so funny because. Last year, James Gunn's suicide, this Suicide Squad came out and that exact thing happens in that movie where you don't even see this event happen they just refer to it Yeah, and everyone was like freaking out going oh this is so disgraceful we never saw this and I was like well it worked for me when I was a kid so why does it work for you now
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the movies need a little editor's box come up like you used to get in yeah. the comics
2: see issue 27 that's
0: it because I was it, to do Ed <laughs> and Superman 75
1: is a great book to kind of read like just that issue on its own because it's it's splash page yeah you know it's it's one big uh, you know uh uh frame per page and it's easy to follow and it, and it is literally just two guys punching each other um but it's yeah when you're what was i uh 989 it was fucking awesome <laughs>
0: yeah see i jumped in we've all jumped in at three different points i jumped in at superman 82 which was sort of the actual back for good episode ah um or issue, rather um so i b- was on holiday in spain and i saw on the back of a news like one of those english English language spanish newspapers yeah (laughs) um they had the foil cover i "I love that and i'm really interested in how they brought him back i realized i heard that he died obviously the year before Mm. because everybody knew and i was kind of oh that's kind of sad but you know whatever but the idea of how they brought him back i found really interesting so i ventured into a comic shop which in the early 90s was like they were a dark mysterious place because they Mm. would have blacked out windows and Everybody made up stories about what went on in comic shops. They sell fucking comics. <laughs>
1: Are you sure you weren't in an adult bookstore?
0: <laughs> no, no. I'd have known if I was in an adult bookstore. I was like thirteen. I was well <laughs> aware of my adult bookstore radar was. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I sort of bought that one and then went backwards. Um, bought the trade of Death of Superman with my birthday money. Uh, left it by an open window, and the rain soaked it. <laughs> no, but but yeah, I mean. It was a cultural phenomenon. It's something that, as you know, everybody's tried to catch that lightning in a bottle since. Yeah. And I don't think anything's held up as iconically as this one have. Even predating it, I mean, there are iconic issues of older comics, but pre-crisis, yeah, whatever no. happened to the man tomorrow? Maybe, but even then, it's not. We're not getting a big 30th anniversary of that. You might get a reprint in a hardcover, but yeah, I new- think
1: the the great thing I think about it though is like it, it made Superman cool again yeah. for a while you know because he wasn't really that cool like he might have been cool to readers of the Superman books but like compared to like Spawn and Punisher and other real kind of 90s anti-hero kind of comic books and then. People, it really made people kind of go, oh shit, you know, Superman died. It's, you know, in this really badass way. And maybe he isn't as boring as we all thought he was. And, you know, it really did. It was, it was, it could have been a cheap marketing ploy to begin with. Let's just kill off Superman. But it, it really had a profound effect on kids our age, as we can see, we're talking
0: about it 30 years later. Yeah. Well, yeah, the fact they keep going back to it with, you know, addendums to add to the story
2: the most interesting thing they did with the death of superman and also nightfall was that by killing off these well they they killed off superman they kind of killed off batman they 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 were able to address the flaws that 90s shitty kids were finding in these kind of older like they were like, why is Batman not more badass? Why doesn't he wear mm. armor? Why doesn't he shoot razor blades from his fists? Why doesn't, doesn't he, he have pouches? They, they were saying all the same things about Superman. They were like, why isn't he more badass? Why isn't he more like Wolverine and all this? And th- mm. then, th- so so they dispatched Batman and Superman and they replaced them with these ridiculously 90s characters, like the Eradicator <laughs> yeah. And Superboy, not so much Steel, obviously, and Azrael and stuff. Definitely Eradicator, Cyborg, and Superboy were like totally the most nineties characters of all time. Yeah. And Azrael Batman is like the most nineties. 90s... He's like a spoof of 90s with, with the big
1: with the big armor and the yeah, yeah.
2: And and they 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 made people suffer <laughs> for like a year with <laughs> these characters to the point where you, you couldn't wait for like the traditional Superman and Batman to come back. And I thought that, that was such a clever, like I think at the time. People didn't realize that they were doing that, but I thought it was such a clever way to go about it. And if you go back, especially the period where Azrael is Batman, more so in the Nightfall storyline, you can really tell that that's what they were doing. They were trying to show how stupid and goofy this guy was, and he was totally incompetent as Batman. And you can see a bit of that with the Eradicator in the Return of Superman, that he's just like not the right fit for that role at all. And Superboy as well. Superboy, I think, is an excellent character. Mm -hmm. did wonders with him, but a big part of his the point of him was that like this guy who just wants to be famous and you know hasn't had the experience or the wisdom of traveling the world and meeting all these people and having compassion and all that he's not fit to to be called superman yeah and I, I thought that was a really really interesting way to go about it and i think we'll we'll get into the movies in a sec it's something that they they didn't always get right in the in the adaptations of the story i think That's yeah at
0: some point yeah yeah because i mean it was such a cultural impact that it was only a matter of time before it got adapted to film. Ironically, it actually took, you know, over 10 years to finally cement something on film. But um, obviously it started with the attempted, what was Superman Reborn and became Superman Lives. Yes. Um, the the off talked about if you've seen An Evening with Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith script and then Tim Burton get involved, but would have seen yeah. Nicolas Cage as Superman, which was the michael keaton heath ledger casting of its day Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean i've read a couple of the versions of the script um we did a little short film festival a few years ago and one of my friends got his acting group together and they read one of the versions of the kevin smith ones did like a live reading of it which was quite interesting but um yeah i mean ah nice a I'm Nick Cage my, Superman
2: figure, figure I, costume. I yeah, made, Nick Cage Superman figure.
0: It's um, yeah. I mean, it looked like the most nineties film. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's weird that you know nobody seems to want to do Superman right on film. But I mean, obviously, with this, I would love to see this adapted as an animated movie just to see what it would have been. I mean, obviously, it's never going to be what it would have been. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, but sort of. What are your thoughts on it? Obviously, you've got the Death of Superman: What uh, Lives? What Happened? Documentary, which dives into it and shows a lot of production art and talks to a lot of people, and um, John Peters. <laughs> yeah, Rob, you far away. You're you're
1: chomping at the bit there.
2: <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I I love that documentary. It's the first thing I'll say, I think it's an excellent, excellent documentary. I'm so grateful that it got made because I feel like. Superman lives everyone immediately points to that original weird picture of Nicolas Cage where he looks kind of like he's asleep and he just looks completely <laughs> wrong as Superman it just looks awful it looks like and somebody went "Oi, Nick snap <laughs> yeah exactly and then and then there's that off there's that amazing uh Kevin Smith story which I always think is I I feel is possibly a little bit embellished. But then again, I've seen plenty of interviews with John Peters that suggest that it's probably completely true to life. But my point is the story always ends there. We never find out what else was the case with Superman Lives. And actually there was two other drafts that were equally as interesting as the Kevin Smith one, uh, especially the last one, which I think was by... Uh, not D- Dan Gilroy I think wrote the last yeah. one and that was mm. the one that was going to be made it was like weeks from being going to production they were building sets for this um and that had a like a, a fairly different story to the Kevin Smith one and um you know it had this whole thing about Superman having this companion that was with him his whole life called K and it was kind of like this shape-shifting Kryptonian teddy bear that like molded into it this protective restorative suit after he died and There's all this concept art. And like, it sounds like it was going to be a really trippy, like crazy Tim Burton movie. But throughout that documentary, you get the impression that no, contrary to popular belief, Tim Burton was not just going to make Batman and call it Superman. He very much wanted to make a Superman movie and believed in Superman. And he wanted to bring his aesthetic to the world of Superman. And the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, God, I wish this had been made. And like, anytime I hear Nick Cage talking about Superman, I'm like, I wish Nick Cage had played Superman. Because every time we cast Superman now, we cast someone who either looks like Christopher Reeve or looks like the kind of traditional, you know, iconic concept of Superman. And and that's it. They never pushed the boat out any farther than that. Whereas, you know, with Batman, you've had Michael Keaton, who looks nothing like Batman. You've had Christian Bale. With Spider-Man, you had Tobey Maguire. Like, you've had all these weird actors play all these other characters. We've never really had a weird Superman. It's always just like, here's another beefcake, you know? Uh, whereas I think Nick Cage could have been, you know, maybe it wouldn't have worked. Maybe it would have. And honestly, I'm going to go on the record here. That picture of Nick Cage in the more traditional Superman suit, which mm-hmm. this figure is based off, I think he looks better as Superman in that photo than Brandon Routh does throughout all of Superman Returns. There it is. <laughs> that Superman is controversial. Costume, <laughs> it is a better Superman costume than the one in Superman Returns. You can quote me on that.
1: And yeah. the thing—the thing about Nicholas Cage that, uh, like, a lot of people forget, is that he's this like Uber Superman fan. He's like this. Yeah. His his son is named Carlel. He owned for a time, at least, a yeah. copy of Action Comics One. He was all in. I know. I, I can't remember the exact details, but I, I did hear Kevin Smith talking on one of his podcasts recently enough about how he was approached to make some kind of Superman thing for TV and he was going to cast Nick Cage and that Nick Cage was interested in doing it. But I can't, was it was an animated there, there, there version a, or something.
2: There was a series called strange tales of the, that's D- right. Yeah. I like thought it was going to be a HBO max series and Kevin Smith was tasked to write and direct an episode mm-hmm. and he was going to have Nick Cage as Superman in the jet.
1: And even the concept that he was talking about sounded really interesting and stuff. And it was all about bizarro and stuff. And it was, it sounded really amazing. But yeah, like at the I remember at the time because I remember kind of talk about it at the time and uh having no interest in it, like thinking like I, I remember seeing Nick Cage and thinking, oh, that's nothing like Superman and I had no interest in it. But it it's become one of these oddities, like the older I've gotten, and with you know, with um John Shepp's uh, un- amazing documentary that I really, really, really love. Um I wish this movie existed. I really wish this movie existed. Yeah. I wish that I could go in and just put it on, take out a Blu-ray or DVD and stick it in and watch this weird 25-year-old Superman movie that either worked or didn't work. Yeah. But it would have been interesting, no matter what What it is, it would have been interesting.
2: It, it couldn't have been any worse than the other nineteen-ninety Superman movie we got.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The pilot, live- Lows the pilot of Lois and Clark. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, a, that's so, as close well,
2: as we got to a well, movie. no, the pilot of Star. Our- and Clark but I was mean, excellent. there was yeah. no other theatrical Superman. no, so, no. Like, how could this be any worse
0: yeah no, i yeah. remember following it in other issues of sfx because at one point before it was superman reborn it was potentially going to be a lois and clark spin-off mm-hmm. movie Ooh, never... uh, again this is like sfx so taking yeah yeah everything got taken with a pinch of salt uh, at one point it was going to involve christopher reeve flying off into space and then coming back as a new actor which was also what they were going to do with Dean Kane between season three and four of Lois and Clark if he didn't come back. But it was one of the rumors I mean, for that. I, I never was, heard that. I never it was, heard that before. It was a, what, apparently, there was a pay dispute or something, and they weren't sure whether he was going to come back. So the idea was going to be that you would go to Krypton, and then when he came back, he was a different person. Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: the last thing I'll say about Superman Lives is. The concept art and all the ideas they had for Brainiac were amazing yes, and crazy and off the wall and would have been so cool. And why have they never done anything with Brainiac ever since?
0: I know. That's, that's the thing. We would have seen finally seen Brainiac on fucking screen. Real kind of, if I remember, I haven't seen it in a while, but
1: if I remember real kind of Geiger-esque, kind of like that alien kind of yeah.
0: aesthetic, that real,
1: like a proper alien version of Brainiac. And we've never got... Like what is going on? I like we could talk about this until the like, cows come home. But like, like on the TV show was the closest we ever got to a real proper Brainiac on in live action, and like, what it's it's there to be made. Like it's it's such. I I just don't understand why why they're not
0: making these movies with these characters. No, they but, see, keep going back to the Zod. Well, or, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get into the wells I think was it the Dan Gilroy version where it was going to be Doomsday was going to be an amalgamation of a combination of Lex Luthor and Brainiac merging. Okay. No, so, one of, that was one of the scripts, wasn't it?
2: Well, yeah, you're 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 mixing two things. There was a version of Doomsday where he was going to be this giant creature made up of all these different faces, and the, that's the right. faces would morph into the faces of people Superman loved. So yes, there's Lois like, and. And then, meanwhile, later on in the story, Lex and Brainiac would merge into Lexiac, which was ah, the that's one right, and their their head would spin around. Um, and he'd be Lex one second. He'd be Brainiac the next. A little bit like man faces of, uh, <laughs> you know, master <laughs> Th- They were literally writing it so they could make the toy of it. I yeah. Don't know. Um, but, and people always made fun of that. That is a thing from the comics. And it is a thing that later turned up in Justice League Unlimited. In um, You mentioned earlier on, the whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Lex and Brainiac merge in that yep. story. And then later on in Justice League Unlimited, in that amazing storyline, Lex and Brainiac merge in that as well. Wasn't stupid there. <laughs> I,
1: I I remember reading a script back circa two thousand and three ish when I was in college. Um, and I don't think it was Superman Lives, but there was a script going around. Maybe it was Flyby or something like that, where Lex Luthor was like an FBI agent. Yeah, that was Flyby. That, that was Flyby, was it? Yeah,
0: yeah. That We're was. We're gonna weird. do
2: a whole episode on unmade Superman movies, Alan. Damn, man, that <laughs> was
0: Before the it. Superman movie that was like, please don't make this film. Please don't make this film. Please don't make this. Film. Don't make this film. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously. That died. There's multiple reasons that seem to be cited. The failure of Batman and Robin, several high-profile Warner Brothers failures. Um, yeah. Possibly, you know, them not liking the direction Tim Burton was going, all these sort of things. Eventually, it became Superman Returns, which sort of touched on the idea of killing Superman in that they put him in a coma. Um with the two yeah. things they didn't want to do in the comics, which was him die at the hands of Lex Luthor and it be Kryptonite, and they did both of those in Superman Returns. Um, which, I guess, as it's a quasi sequel to Superman Two, in that it's not a sequel, but
1: you know, yeah, it's kind of a spiritual. Possibly being
0: generous with quasi, but because um, it raises so many uncomfortable questions about. <laughs> yep. We we'll, won't we'll bring that up again, Rob. <laughs>
2: we, we we did an episode of Superman Returns that we we haven't released yet, and uh...
0: see, I like Superman Returns. Yeah. I'm I'm very much with Matt on Superman Returns. We have similar feelings on it, but yeah. I'm also aware that it's a very flawed film. Um, but yeah, I think there's a little bit of investment in it, but it also felt like a really way too soon to kill Superman.
2: I I think uh, I I agree. or even put
0: him in a coma, but that's blatantly what they were going for.
2: I I think they they did a nice homage to some of the sort of funeral for a friend stuff where you have all these people waiting outside the hospital, and there's a nice, there's a very brief shot of Martha Kent. Martha Kent, yeah. Standing outside the hospital beside Ben Hubbard, who gets nearly completely cut out of the movie. Yeah. He's kind of the surrogate Jonathan Kent in that scene, and it it sort of mirrors those moments in the comics where they're sort of watching from afar and they don't get to, you know, grieve their son the way they wish they could. And I, I, I did think that was a nice touch when it came out at the time, and it was. It was kind of fun that they, they managed to squeeze in the death in there somehow.
1: Yeah. But the, way, it, but the only thing with it, though, was it, it went nowhere. No, You know, sure. it was just he was in the hospital for a few minutes and and there was no explanation. He just woke up and flew out the window and he's back. And then the film was over. It didn't really. It, it well, had no on, pr- purpose. On the
2: third day, he rose again. <laughs> because if, in case you didn't know, Superman is Jesus. And every movie that <laughs> Superman is in, we have to be told that he's Jesus.
1: Really, if I've he, never noticed. Yeah, they keep trying to push that, and I, they I do. don't understand who that's for.
0: It's Yeah. Well.
2: Christian and evangelical right. Because I always grew up thinking he was
1: Moses, <laughs> but well, maybe was. not. That,
2: that's the thing. He was created by two Jewish Canadians, and then the American Christian contingent decided, no, he's actually ours.
0: He's Jesus now. Well, that's how Michael Olsen got to be a doctor in Batman, wasn't it? Got to teach his course at university. Was that he asked oh, somebody yes. to recount the tale of Superman, then recount the tale of Moses, and the guy was like, "Yeah, right. You got your thing. <laughs> you know <that's> your chap." <laughs> um, you
2: worked in the 70s. You just pulled up your uh, the, your shirt sleeves and you just said, "By gum, I've got an idea for a college course," <laughs> and you march in there and give him your hot take that you talk about on a podcast in 2022, and suddenly you have you know eighty thousand dollars and tenure at a
1: university.
0: <laughs> Imagine saying about Twitter then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, those failures eventually led to the animated movie Superman Doomsday, which was the mm-hmm. first of the DC direct animated movies, not including the the Batman the Animated Series, Superman tie-in ones, um, it was supposed to start a whole... Well, I suppose it did start a whole new line of DC animation. Um, Yeah, I mean, that one definitely swang for, swung for the fences in that it tried to compact three massive, well, Death of Superman, Funeral for a Friend, and Rain Return into one 80-something minute movie? Yeah, yeah. Not wholly successfully, I thought, but again, what, what are your guys' thoughts on it? I mean...
1: Um, yeah. I I I actually did a for anybody who wants to check it out. I I did a deep dive episode review of this um, version of Do- of Superman Doomsday on Nathan McKenzie's podcast, uh, Superman the animated podcast, where we where we dived into it. And I I remember picking it up in actually in a Walmart in Fort Lauderdale back in two thousand and seven, and seeing it on a on a shelf in in Florida, and going, "What is this?" It had this kind of weird three D cover on it, and bringing it home then and watching it and not really liking it. Um, Like if you're, a, if you're a fan of the books of the comics and stuff, like 80, 85% is just completely omitted from, from this version, this, this um depiction of the, of the, of the story, but rewatching it for Nathan's podcast back, I think it was around February or March. Um, I liked it a lot more than I remembered. I liked it. Um, And like, I said earlier in regards to Superman Lives, like I wish Superman Lives was an actual thing that I could stick on and watch. I'm glad that it exists. Yeah. You know, it's the first DCAU movie. Is that no DC animated? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. The the first DC animated movie, you know, it's they've been going on for 15 years. Some have been really, really strong, some have been really, really weak. Um, like you said, it swings for the fences, it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit every time. There's huge flaws with it. Um, it completely uh, disregards the kind of whole, you know, return or reign of the Superman story. They, like no, there's no eradicator. There's no real cyber. They kind of amalgamate eradicator kind of cyborg Superman into one kind of a guy. Yeah. Like there's no steel or anything like that. There's no real funeral for a friend element to the story. It's very short. Um, I think the voice work and um, who passed away recently uh, is not great. I didn't think it was Lois Lane. Some of the dialogue is iffy in places a real issue that I had with us rewatching it that I didn't remember. I never liked this thing where they have Superman sleeping with Lois Lane and she doesn't know that he's Clark Kent. Yeah,
2: yeah I agree. Yeah. No, I never like that.
1: It's so distasteful and it, it it's just so not scre- Superman. <laughs> it screams. These people don't understand who Superman is. Yeah. And it's,
2: it's the same in the, in justice league as well. The cartoon justice league.
1: Yeah. It's and uh, I, is it the same in, in the, in the death
0: of Superman movie as well? Maybe. I'm trying to think. No, but, her and Clark are a couple. or a couple. But she doesn't um, know he's Superman, so it's sort of like the comic. But, but uh,
1: it's better. That's better than, yeah. than you know, her. And, and they kind of get by it kind of saying that she has, like she she shows that she kind of has figured it out, but she hasn't had the confirmation and stuff. But... I don't know. I just, I, I really didn't like that element of the story. I
0: thought that was, that just left a bad taste in my mouth about the Yeah, again, I think they were like trying to cram all. too much in Yeah, and possibly could have streamlined stuff like that better. I mean, a lot of the characters really seem out of place. I mean, Perry is yeah. not right. Perry seems mean for the sake of being mean. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, I get that they're trying to show that without Superman to guide him, Jimmy becomes an asshole but it just doesn't work at all. But it goes nowhere. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just all of a sudden she pulls him out and he's back he, to being Jimmy again. He gets this job
1: as a kind of a paparazzi kind of guy, and then it kind of just goes. nowhere. Yeah. And
0: there's no driving force for him to go. It's not yeah. like Perry chewed him out and he was like, fuck this, I'm gone. Um, yeah, There's I also, think... sorry, where sorry. they were trying to be a bit, appeal to an older audience, I think there's a meanness to it that they're mistaken for adult. Um, like Lex killing Mercy. Terrible. Yeah. It's like I, I don't disagree that Lex would probably do that, but he would not shoot her in the face in his own fucking office. For one, it was just in there for the sake of it. Luther would like it'd be like when he was cloned in the comics, he'd set yeah. off a bomb and blow the people up, but he wouldn't actually like get his hands. Mer- Mercy,
1: doing. Mercy knows all his shit. Yeah, like, she knows all his secrets. You know, like I, 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 I never, I never like that. She's essentially I, I, Happerson, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I,
2: I think I, I, I don't disagree with anything either of you have said. What I would say is. I feel like a lot of the DC animated movies since then have just been these straight lifts of the comic Mm -hmm. where they'll just like take absolutely everything from the comic and just dump it into a cartoon. And then they'll change a couple of weird things for no reason. Yeah. And that's a huge problem I have with a lot of those animated movies is that they're basically just the same thing. And I'm like, it just makes me wish that I was reading the comic. Whereas at least the one thing you can say about Superman Doomsday is it does adapt the source material. Yeah it adapts it, it changes things, it makes decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, Not all of those decisions work. A lot of them don't work. I think the clone Superman at the end is just a really boring, pointless film that just, it just takes all the color and all the fun out of that story altogether. But like, there is a lot of stuff. I I think James Marsters as Lex Luthor in that is great. I always prefer Lex Luthor when he's a little bit kind of there's like a touch of kind of wackiness and craziness about him. Homoeroticism, even. Homoeroticism, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, why not? Like, if it works, why not? And I think he sells it, like, and you have to remember, we were coming off, you know, maybe 10 years of the Clancy Brown Lex Luthor, and mm-hmm. look, you won't hear me say a bad word about Clancy Brown, he's great, but he is a very stoic, very serious, very dry Lex Luthor. I thought yeah. this was a nice change of pace. I, I like some of that stuff. I do agree on Anne Heche. I I... I don't even it's know. It's just it off or something. Evolves. It's just off. There's this bit where she arrives at the Kent house and she starts talking to Martha and she starts crying. And it's almost like that bit in Wayne's World where Oscar clip just yeah. comes <laughs> at the it. Like, what, what, it just doesn't quite. And, and to your point, Stuart, about it being unnecessarily mean, I remember watching it when I was 15 and Perry's calling people like a son of a bitch in yeah, a mm-hmm. cartoon. I'm like, did they just do that to make it like edgy yeah. or yeah. something?
0: Oh we're grown up. Um, Is it. Th- I mean, Anne Hesh didn't bother me. Um, she was fine. I enjoyed her more this time watching it than the first time. I liked Adam Baldwin as Superman. I don't like the weird cheek line, cheekbone lines on his no. face. They're really distracting. But I
1: think that's I
0: think that was like if you really look at it,
1: I think it is it's very it's not the same, it's not the same continuity, and it's not the same. But it the style wise, it looks very similar to the Superman, the animated series. It's almost just like a a branch off it. And it felt, and I said this before, it felt like to me, they were like, he looks too much like the the Superman, the animated series. Let's let's change something. And they just drew some lines on his face. And it's it's so weird.
0: It was that weird in between thing. Because after this, they sort of started doing an animated version of the comic style. So when they did the Superman, Batman, public enemies and that, it was Mm. Guinness's art, but done in an animated style kind of thing. And they did that for a bit, and then, as we'll get to with Death of Superman, they started farming it out to um, overseas animators, and it's all that cookie yeah. cutter kind of low budget anime kind of look. No details in the background, just.
1: I I always found it strange watching that Doomsday movie that they all have like normal eyes. They all like all the characters have like white eyes with pupils, and then Superman just has two black yeah, dots. Two dots, for some reason. Yeah, I thought that was very weird.
0: Which just you think you'd that. go the other way and Superman would be the yeah. one with it's just um... it's just a weird
1: thing that he'd have different com- like completely different eyes to everybody else. And that I just it's a small thing, but it's just something I noticed on my recent rewatch, but I thought it was a bit strange.
2: Lads, at the end of the day, Superman fights a giant fucking spider. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need in any movie.
1: And in we have a Kevin mind. Smith cameo. I a Kevin Smith it. cameo Kevin with Smith
0: cameo with a line that doesn't quite work for me. it, it I feel like it could have been Because the lines, um, like we need him to beat a giant spider, and it's like lame, yeah. You kind of do, yeah. But it it should be more like you know, really a giant fucking spider.
1: But not like not to dump on it too much. It was the first of those of movies. I think they learned a lot from it. Uh, Doomsday was very like. To be fair, I think. Doomsday is dead. The battle is over and Doomsday is dead within yeah. 26 minutes of the movie. Like the, the film is called Superman Doomsday and he doesn't even make the halfway point. But Doomsday is very faithful, to be fair, to the yeah. to the to the book version. Um, I really like the score of the film. The, the I was going to say the score is
0: amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: good. Yeah. it's, it's and like it, the it, most
2: non-traditional it, Superman theme ever. That's, that's yeah. the piece
1: of music I've used for the theme to this episode. <laughs> And it's, 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 it definitely repeat. I think it was Superman versus the elite. It reappears in in another animated movie as well. It's, that's really strong. Like there is scenes in it. I like, they kind of went down this dark route with Toy Man kind of gave this impression that, you know, he was, intentions were a little bit more sinister than they were. Yeah, He murders a little girl, doesn't he? That's what pushes the girl man over the edge. Which is dark, like like there the, there are good scenes in it. You can see elements of 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 positive things in it, but just
0: overall, I I, I don't think it, it it worked as a whole. I, yeah, I mean, like you say, it was the first of it so you kind of give them a pass for that. And I will give that the disc is worth the price alone for that um rebirth and requiem, mm-hmm. or requiem and rebirth Superman Lives documentary, which is amazing. Yeah. It's one of those documentaries that it's the perfect length, but I also wish it was much longer. That's my comfort documentary. I pop it on on YouTube when I'm just feeling a bit shit. Mm. Rob, Rob actually spoke to
1: Dan Juergens about it brought it up in our recent episode yeah. about it, what a great documentary it is. Yeah, is f-
0: I've always said awesome. if I could be a fly on a wall at any period in time it'd just be sitting in one of those super summit meetings I, I bet for them that. it was dull as shit but for me I'd be like this is so fucking amazing <laughs>
2: There's a bit in that documentary where Louise Simonson is describing the Ken Spears oh, and she cries box of keepsakes, and she starts crying. It's just a beautiful breaks beauty. me every fucking time. She's she. I still think I've said it a few times. I think she's the most underrated Superman writer. Ever. Yeah, love. She's we'd so, love, so love to, get her, really her really yeah, love to is, get her on. Yeah, she's. Yeah. Last thing I'd say about Superman Doomsday is if they ever did a Nightfall animated movie, I would much prefer them to take the approach of the Superman Doomsday cartoon over the the death of Superman, which. I, I do think is objectively a better cartoon but it's more of a straight adaptation mm-hmm. which I just have no I don't really care for those I, I much prefer when they sort of take the broad strokes and they kind of or not even the broad strokes just the general premise and they just tell their own story yeah I love to see them do yeah. that with Nightfall as opposed to just well here's part one here's part two and here's part three yeah I just think I think that'd be more interesting
0: I mean, before we get into the death animated movie, I'm always torn with... Because part of me would love to see just the comic animated. Mm. But there'd be nothing in it that surprised me. It'd be purely for Yeah, um, but then
1: like I really enjoyed the Dark Knight animated movie that, that yeah. two part of they did. And that's kind of Rob was shaking his head, he didn't like it. Did you not like it, Rob?
2: I don't like it at all. They took out the internal monologue, which is like the most important part of the whole book. Yeah. They just Molded into dialogue didn't work. Didn't like it at all. I know people I, love that one. I don't
1: like it at all.
0: I, I, I'm, I, I'm I not a fan. But then I'm not a fan of the source. Ooh, comic ooh. Either. interesting. I'm I'm one of those. Real, I get it. I get why it's important. But it's just not my Batman, and it's yeah, definitely not yeah. my Superman. <laughs> yeah.
1: I remember my first read through all of it, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?"
0: <laughs> I 100% understand why everybody loves it and why it is the iconic book that it is. It's just not what I was looking for in a comic. <laughs> I hear you.
2: I hear you.
0: <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, that sort of brings us on to the Death of Superman animated movie, which I am going to freely admit I hate the first time I watched it. Interesting. Didn't like it at all. I didn't like that they shoehorned in Batman, Wonder Woman, um, the big hitter Justice League characters rather than... Mm-hmm. Um, This time watching it for this, I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> I found I enjoyed it a lot more than I was quite surprised that I was prepared to be like, you know, fuck, at least Superman Doomsday is better than this. And I was like, actually, no I think I actually prefer this one.
1: That that never really bothered me because I kind of knew why they did they did that, and that was because like because they had the the, the flashpoint film, which I really thought was was one of the strongest entries yeah. in that series. I no need to see that one. Everyone says it's, it's really. I it really is. think it's 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 probably one of their their strongest, if not their strongest one. And then. They had this kind of, you know, new 52 universe for a couple of years, a few years where it was all the characters and they were all connected and it was one ongoing story and Damien Wayne was in it and all that kind of stuff. So I can see why they brought the characters in. It would be weird if you watched them in sequence that yeah. they didn't have those characters. In yeah, that's there. when
0: they started doing an Inconnected world, yeah. interconnected we- world rather than just adapting comics and they fall yep. willy nilly kind of thing.
1: I hated most of those films. Like, I think once you get over, once you passed the Flashpoint entry and went into that world, I thought that the quality just fell off a cliff. I thought voice work wise, animation wise, story wise, it just fell off a cliff. And I was really glad when they reset that with Man of Tomorrow um, last year, the year before. Um, But yeah, that that never that never really bothered me too much. But
0: I I do. I think it's more Batman because he spends most of it just standing on a roof, throwing things at doing (laughs) things. Yeah. It's it's not even like he's like Blue Beetle who like, you know got taken out quite early on. I get these Batman's. So there's probably a clause in his contract that says he can't have the shit beaten out of him by anybody, but because you know everybody loves fucking Batman, and I'm just sick of seeing Batman and stuff. Yeah, yeah I agree. And I, I, my I other definitely... big problem with it was that Superman seems to sit out of the fight for so fucking long. It's not like in the comic. Where he misses the most of the Justice League fight because he's doing the thing because he's not oh, he's aware doing the of it. TV interview, yeah. But that's given right. that the fight's meant to be happening quite close to small, like, wouldn't you be picking this up on your uh superheroing kind of thing? And it just felt a little bit like you know mm-hmm. he was opting not to get involved to have lunch with Lois kind of thing. But I again on this one it didn't bother me as much.
1: A, a question for the: uh, Did you see the G boat seat in the theaters? Yes. No.
2: I was going to say that. I, I saw it back to back with the second one in the cinema. Yeah.
0: With the, the only movie. one I saw in the Me cinema too. was The Killing Joke. And that's why I've not seen an animated one in the cinema since. <laughs> oh,
2: I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, I I agree completely about the Justice League thing, Stuart. I think uh, I, part of what I really like every time I go back to Dead Superman is all the random C-list Justice League that, that makes up that story like Booster Gold and Maxima and all those things. Yeah. Uh, and that you know it's part of the ninetiesness of that story so it's it's a bit kind of a letdown when it's just like Batman and Hal Jordan and Wonder Woman like you're kind of like oh that's not
0: yeah especially they're all know. taken out so quickly
2: yeah
0: <laughs> I mean uh... Wonder Woman puts up a fight but
2: and I think, Alan, what you were saying about the animation, like, I think if you compare the animation in Superman Doomsday, the animation this, like, there's a there's a noticeable step down, like...
0: In the, the, the animation movies. this is all so flat. It's like when you look at the Killing Joke one, the animation is so flat. None of those nice little details from the comics there, like, on the desk of the woman in Arkham Asylum that says you don't have to be crazy to work here. Yeah, there's none of those little details or anything like that. It's just
2: there's these crowd scenes where they, they like pan over the crowd and maybe I'm just, maybe I just have rose tinted glasses and the cartoons were always like this, but there's a crowd scene in it where they pan over the crowd and it's like something out of Pokemon, like just no yeah. one, none of the crowd is moving and it's just kind of like, maybe there's like a small bit of smoke in the background that's being animated, but nothing else is being animated. And you're just like, this feels cheap.
0: Yeah, no, it does feel cheap. It feels like cheap, low budget anime, but I suppose it's designed to be cheap and not too quick. Um, I thought the fight, the Doomsday fight was better in this one. Yes. In Superman Doomsday, it's, it's fairly monotonous, I think. And it's very, um, for all the shit Zack Snyder got, it's very fucking disaster porn in the Superman Doomsday cartoon. A lot of Superman yes. flying into buildings and that sort of thing. But I thought in this it worked better. I thought that it actually felt like a fight. It felt like there were more stakes. I like when Lex gets involved. Um, I thought Rain they captured Wilson that.
2: Wilson as Lex. Yeah. Rules by the way. He's one of my favorite animated Lex Luthers. Love Yeah.
1: That. Really?
2: Yeah, I thought he was great. <laughs> I
1: I I couldn't put my finger on it when I was watching it there last week. I could, I was like, who who is this guy? And you know when it's on your mind and then it, it I saw it in the credits it was Rain Wilson and I don't know. I I just thought it was a bit too much. Yeah. Whereas like James Masters like you said kind of livened it up a little bit from like Mike, Mike uh, from uh, Clancy Brown. I thought that uh I thought that it was just a little bit too far but yeah I I really like and I I, I listen to a couple of his podcasts and stuff I think he's great. Um I really I really didn't like the animation I thought it, for all those films I thought it was terrible and watching the the episode or watching the the film there last week like just the design of Superman I yeah. hated it. The exactly. costume, everything about it. this thing that he has, where the the costume kind of comes up to a point, yeah. oh, almost up to his knuckles. I'm like, how does he hide that when he's Clark Kent? I, oh. I,
2: I... Well, that's interesting, Alan. That, okay. So this is the the new 52 costume is literally a nanotech costume. So like he's oh not, I see he's not technically where he's wearing part of it. I think under the Clark Kent, but uh, when, when he does the shirt rip, it like nanotechs all over his body,
0: which isn't fucking as fun nanotech. To- it's not as fun. <laughs> It's, it's not like not in as all as those charming. Marvel movies where everybody just does this and their fucking mask comes off. It's like I miss the days when they pull a mask off.
1: There. I miss the days of of Dean Cain kind of putting his arm through the door yeah. of the of the of the
0: toilet. <laughs> they only did that once, but I love that gag. <laughs> yeah, me too.
1: They did the nanotech thing in
2: Supergirl in the later seasons, didn't they? it was like
0: yes, yeah. It, like, put it on or... yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just think it's a boring design. There's nothing about Superman in his face or anything. I liked um, Jerry O'Connell to Superman. I liked his um uh oh, what's her name mystique name's got oh, Rebecca like, uh, Rome- uh, yeah. Rebecca Romijn. um, I liked those two. I thought they had good chemistry, which is lucky because they're married, but um they certainly had more chemistry than Adam Baldwin and Anne Hesh did for me um but yeah, it's just like I say, I enjoyed it a lot more than I did the first time. I think again, it rushes through the funeral for a friend bit for me for me that's always been the most interesting part yeah i
2: i think um when i was watching it the, the thing that struck me watching it was it felt like there was a battle or a superhero action scene exactly every five minutes mm-hmm. and I, I was kind of thinking to myself is this some kind of thing where they like because it's for kids and they have to show it on cartoon network they've they've figured out that unless there's like a fight scene every five minutes the kids will just get bored so Again,
0: we, I just picture John Peters being like, "You've gone like five pages of that action beat." Yeah, <laughs>
2: and I, I, I always maybe that's why there's less kind of funeral for a friend stuff because they were like, "Well, that, that kid's just gonna be bored watching that," you know? Yeah, which I which mean... is a shame too because you know if you go back and watch Batman the animated series or Superman the animated series, even like there's so many episodes of those where the pacing like is so slow and like they take their time to tell a story. You'd never do that now. Like kids would just yeah. Be bored. We wouldn't let you make that cartoon there, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's 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 an excellent point, actually. Um, But yeah, it's but even like small things like see, I'm on, i have two minds now because Rob, you made a good point. But why just why just make things exactly like they are in the comics and why not change things? Because I was going to say, like, even the things like Doomsday coming down on the meteor, which I thought was strange compared to. The original story where he's found in a was a mine, kind of a
0: breaks yeah. out of. And stuff. I do like Henshaw's blind belief that Superman will save him. Yes, so that was a nice thing for why Henshaw then hates Superman.
1: And you can almost see him lose his mind. Yeah, like, like they even like they depict that very well. Where he just before he gets obliterated, you can see his mind kind of crack. And yeah. I really, I really did like that. I really did enjoy that. Now I didn't watch. I haven't seen Rain since I saw it in the cinema. The Reign of Superman. So I
0: didn't. I didn't, watch I didn't rewatch follow-up. it for this because I was just yeah. focusing on the death sort of element of the.
2: Well, on the topic of that though, Alan, you, you know, I'm going to contradict myself. I was really, really pissed off watching Reign of Superman when uh, Reign of the Superman when it turns out at the end of the story. That it has nothing to do with Mongol or War World. And I don't even think Engine City comes into no. that. But I might be wrong. No, it's all no. just another fucking Dark Side plot. Yeah. Like, yeah. We've all had enough of Dark Side. Put it to bed. Give it a rest. Do yeah. something else. Like yeah. That is one thing that, that was just unequivocally better in the original comic. Was all the Mongol stuff. Engine City. I all that <laughs> they stuff. had
0: Green Lantern there as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like What a waste. Just making a Dark Side again. Are you kidding me? I didn't like that.
1: What it's... do you, What do you guys think the... The mindset was beside uh, about redoing the death
0: again after they had already done Doomsday in 2007. Like, do you think there was I think discussion they said kind of they going? Missed, they missed the mark with Superman Doomsday. They wanted to take a second swing at it. And I think it was the 25th anniversary when that came out, Let's 2018. See. So, no, I think they missed the 25th slightly, but yeah, cause I mean, it should have been 2017,
2: shouldn't it? The, the absence of the four replacement Superman is is felt in that Superman Doomsday movie and it was worth making another movie just to yeah. feature all of them I think and they did Superboy yeah he's the one that sort of sticks out in my mind I feel like they did him very well in the new one and
0: uh I think still is all right I've not seen Rain since I first watched it like I say I didn't want to yeah rewatch watch it with this um I'm I,
1: I am like I said I am glad that that era of the DC animated movies has has come to a close and I, It'll be interesting, I think, to see what they do going forward. There seems to be a lot. I used to be, really keep on top of it. Now, kind of when I see one in Tesco on sale for a fiver, I'll pick one up. I don't. Really yeah, stay I tend to it. pick them
0: up when they're cheap. Yeah. Because they're doing that interconnecting spine thing now, aren't they? Which yeah. was annoying yeah. for me because I like to keep my Green Lanterns with my Green Lanterns and my Supermans with my Supermans. <laughs> um, the OCD my... in me is like, shit. <laughs> oh, it's a lot.
1: But yeah, like the Man of Tomorrow was good. So I, 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 like, I'm interested to see where it goes. But yeah, I just... I didn't like the voice work at all in this in this film. I thought it was like I they got that chap, um I can't think of his name, Jason O'Mara. I think he plays Batman, Batman in it. I just thought he was awful, awful bad. Um but the there, only there was a...
2: actor to play Batman and you're and I hate there. him.
1: Yeah, I'm begrudging <laughs> him. I hate him. But uh I, I, I thought the fight was good. I thought the, the 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 like you said, it was a huge improvement on the doomsday fight. Uh, you really felt it. I thought, you know, the 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 power of it and the, the the glass shattering and the sounds of them flying and all that kind of stuff. I really thought it was. And I like that kill shot. I always thought my one criticism of the uh, Superman 75 is I think the final blow is a little bit anticlimactic. I like what they did in Doomsday, uh, Superman Doomsday, where he kind of grabs him and he flies up and then he, he kind of rams him into the ground, kind of drops him into the ground. Like I thought that was a bit... And I like this one where he punches him so hard that his neck kind of goes Linda Blair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really enjoyed that. So um Yeah, it never bothered me in the comic, I must admit, but then I mean we'll get on to why put a little bit when we talk about briefly touch on the radio series. But um mm-hmm. sort of before we move on to that, the Superman did eventually die in live action. Um in Zack Snyder's follow-up to Man of Steel. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Um, and I kind of feel they threw it away. Yes. <laughs> they didn't earn it, and they just threw it away. Because when I rewatched, I re-watched it, today. I didn't watch the whole film, like I said to you before we started recording, I just I couldn't bring myself to do it, so I just watched the death of Superman bit. Um, it's more a Wonder Woman fight, to be fair. Superman seems to fly in, get punched out, then Wonder Woman has a fight. And to be fair to... Wonder Woman's love in the fight. Yeah, I love that bit where she wipes the blood off her face and grins at him. Yeah, um, but it's just and then it's fucking kryptonite. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. The, the the two things, like irrespective of the whole story so far, we won't even go into that. And General Zod turned into Doomsday. The two things that ruin the fight for me between Superman and Doomsday and make it not Superman versus Doomsday is the presence of kryptonite and doomsday having heat vision yeah yes what was so interesting about that original fight was it was just pummeling it was just punching and you know it was finally a creature that could physically harm superman because he was just so strong whereas now it's just like well no there's kryptonite you know and oh well he's also got heat vision you know he could just blast him away it's like it's just less interesting i think
1: (laughs) Is Would, it? I always wondered this though. I remember one, wondering this in the theater when I saw it, and when I saw it afterwards. Is it that he just has heat vision, or were they trying to do some kind of a thing where the more you fight him, the more he can do what you can do?
0: I don't know. I don't know whether it was the general Zol element of it. I thought it was so the Kryptonian maybe. element, um, maybe because he so grows in the, the broke bones as he. um as the fight goes on doesn't he because he's sort of like a, he looks like a yeah. cave troll from Lord of the Rings because
1: in the book he gets he, he gets stronger almost the more he fights and the, he gets like the protrusions get bigger and he gets bigger and it's it's tougher so I, I always kind of took it as that but actually that makes a lot more sense that it's just the general Zod um, genes yeah that makes a lot more sense
0: yeah um, yeah I mean the fight in the comic is Superman literally fighting with his last breath whereas the, this it's we can yeah. buy kryptonite and then he essentially pulls himself down on doomsdays whatever doomsday stabbed himself with so that he can stab doom to there a bit more it's just a bit something I, I the other big problem with it was i think they took the criticism of the disaster porn from man of steel so much to heart that they make a point of being like you know they're in the downtown area where fortunately everybody's gone home for the night yeah, yeah. and then they take sorry, him to this guys. derelict fucking wasteland so there's no stakes
2: sorry guys like it's i mean I'm all about being respectful for the Snyder fans and all that, but that is just laughable. That bit, like what? Like, no, no, that's so stupid. That bit. I love that the
0: newscaster says it. I think one of the army people says it. I think Batman says it as well. And like, like how
2: can you defend that? It's just
0: in the book. Like, I'm
1: holding, I'm holding up seventy-five here. In the book, it's all about like there's so many comments about the destruction to the city, how half the city is laid to waste. The one time that they actually needed. To destroy half a metropolis. Yep. they don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> do, yeah.
0: That's what I mean. There's no <laughs> stakes.
2: The, the one time, why did there be an of Lois and Clark. It's a deserted warehouse. Oh,
0: oh. he literally dies on the steps of the Daily Planet in the comic. Yeah, and yeah. yeah and, and, in this, it's just like I say no stakes. You got the Lois drowning thing, but who cares? There's no chemistry between the two. I mean, and and my, my my
1: favorite thing about the book. My favorite thing, even reading it back now. And I, I said it to Nathan on uh, on the animated podcast, my favorite thing about it is the fact that you have this moment. And, and Dan Jurgens uh, made a, a point where he kind of referenced it uh, in our interview with him, where he said the most interesting thing about writing Superman is the choices yes. that he's presented with. And the most interesting thing, I think, in the in the Superman book is the fact that. You can see moments throughout the book where he realizes that he's going to be killed like that this fight is different than all the other fights and that in order to be Superman, like Superman is boring. If he can, it's easy to be a a hero and it's easy to be Superman if, you know, 95% of stuff that can kill you, normal people doesn't harm you. It's easy to stop bank robbers and, you know, be the big guy. But when you're actually faced with like making the decision, will I, can I still do the right thing when I know that I'm not going to come home? That's a huge, that's such an interesting aspect of
0: the book, I think. And it's completely omitted from the film.
2: And, well, see, and it's interesting for
0: superman because it's not a choice he has to make that often because he yeah. knows he's invulnerable exactly like, where to that
2: point alan i i brought up mitch anderson in our yeah. with dan jurgens mitch anderson for anyone who didn't listen to that interview that though, was such a, a shitty, great question there was a shitty <laughs> kid in in those comics called mitch anderson he hated superman he thought he was a dweeb he thought he was old-fashioned and all that he, he much prefers the more badass superheroes like guy gardner and all that kind of stuff and there's this great epic moment where early in the story where superman has the choice to he's chasing after doomsday and he he's about to grab his foot and it's implied that if superman grabs him now he will be able to dispatch him easily and the battle will be over but in the back of his mind he can hear mitch screaming for help because his family are caught in a burning um burning house the house is burning down and superman decides to go back and save them instead of stopping doomsday and it's the, the crucial, tragic mm-hmm. decision that he makes that leads to his death there's nothing like that in, in these no. movies no. and like the perfect way to do that is Superman has to save Batman instead of stopping Doomsday. you know the, yeah. the guy who's been trying to kill him for the whole movie he now has to he now has to save him but they, they don't do that they just do just
1: take that just cool. take that Russian family from the Justice League movie <laughs> <laughs> stick him <them> in the <laughs> Batman V Superman movie and you know problems
0: solved that's <laughs> it it's just like I say, there's just no stakes to the fight at all. You don't feel like he's fighting for anything beyond. I mean, they try and do it with the line about, you know, this is my planet too, or whatever, or this is my home, or whatever he says. You're my world, Lois. <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, that's that's my big problem with those movies in general is that they tell you a lot, like you know, he's a symbol for hope and that, but they never actually show you any of it. And it's like, this is a movie yeah. you're supposed to show me, not tell me. But whatever. If you, just... listen,
2: if you listen very carefully, when when Henry Cavill turns to Amy Adams and he says, "You're my world." If you listen, just just turn the volume right up. You can actually hear her car engine in the background because she wants to leave that franchise so much. She <laughs> started the car.
1: They 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 missed the whole the entire spirit of the fight. What made that fight? Like it's not the fact this isn't remembered thirty years later because he just a guy for you know a couple of issues of a book. It's the whole spirit of the fight. Like that yeah. whole Mitch Anderson stuff that Rob brought up the whole, the entire thing of what do you do. There's a, there's a, one of my favorite panels in the book, one of my favorite pages where he kisses Lois. Yeah. And the next page, he he's, he's flying straight at, at doomsday. Doomsday gets he, his, get, you know, doomsday gets his, I'm giving him everything that he's got. I said it previously that I always think of doomsday as being like his Kobayashi Maru, you know, his unwinnable fight. What do you do? That's the test of the character. And I haven't seen it really in any of the adaptations done as good as it is in the book. And I hate yeah. guys who are like, you have to read the book, the book is better.
0: But you have to read the book, and the book is better. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, I think the other thing you've got is that era of Superman was, there was so much continuity leading up to that point. Um, one thing I did like in the animated Death of Superman film was the <clears throat> bit with Bibbo, which instead of him being alone in his bar, he stood on the dock asking god why it was superman instead of him yeah it well, was quite bibo. a nice adaptation from the comic
1: um i'm, I'm so annoyed that when we had marvelsman on the on the show i never asked him about bibo i yeah. i love bibo
2: <laughs> actually one nice thing i will say about batman versus superman and, and one thing they did adapt that i i thought was really lovely was when superman is being buried yeah uh, it's implied that there's a big glitzy glossy celebrity we- uh funeral in metropolis yes. But then his actual body is being buried in Smallville in this like wooden kind of makeshift coffin that they've made. And you just see this, you know, big kind of funeral procession with all these farmers and they're 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 dragging the the coffin on like a horse and carriage, And I just and, and Hans Zimmer's team is playing. And that's the only bit of that film that I love is that scene. It's like everyone in Smallville knows that he's Superman. And They're burying in their own way, and I I, 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 I was, just,
1: I was just going to ask you about that, Rob. You, you said that before about everybody in Smallville. Is that is 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 that in it? it it's. Did I miss that? i I think I missed that. Where well, it's, he, it's kind of depicted that everybody in Smallville just kind of knows there's about
0: it. ten or twenty people following the horse. So watched it today. The thing that always bugs me with that is how did they clear it in Superman's body at Metropolis. Just everybody know that Clark Kent's Superman now. Um, I,
2: I think I think it's implied that Perry and Lois definitely know that he's yeah. Um, Perry Lois obviously does, but I think it's implied by the end of the movie that Perry also does. I don't know. I it's been about a better year since I've seen it, but I feel like that's the. When well, you get Perry
0: did. open the thing. He looks at the Superman's dead front cover, and then he opens it straight to the page about Lex going to prison in one column and one of our own missing, one of our yeah. own killed, and it's like, a picture it, of Clark Kent.
1: If Henry comes back, how do they explain that? Uh, uh, Will they even address it? I wonder. I I guarantee that they're not even going to address it. I I guarantee
2: Amy Adams isn't coming back. (laughs) Even if Henry Cavill (laughs) does. Get ready for Superman and Wonder Woman being a couple or something. Because I hate Superman and Wonder Woman. I guarantee Amy Adams is never coming back. Mm
1: And you know what? Amy Adams, it could have been an amazing Lois Lane. It was yep. just, it, it just wasn't the right, it's just the issue. The, the, she didn't have
0: the material well. and she hasn't got the chemistry with, Henry it It's like you put on that Twitter thing yeah. earlier about how awkward Superman and Lois Lane pictures always look. Yeah. It's like, well they don't when they've got chemistry. Yeah. It's like none of those Dean Cain Terry Hatch pictures looked awkward. No. They look sexy as fuck. That <laughs> might be for a different reason. <laughs> I'm, 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 well I'm yeah, but still they had chemistry. <laughs> I'm sure they did.
2: Show. On the new show, I think they've got cramps. Yeah, I think Tyler McLean yeah. and Elizabeth, and and she's like, I feel like she's a, a good bit older. I think she's like five or six years older than him. But they're still like he's completely young. Completely
0: mm. committed. Yeah, he's
2: like the same age as me.
0: Well, he was he was the, the kid in Road to so. sir. He was, yeah.
1: Yes. I, I only, it. yeah. <laughs> I, I only found that at last Christmas when it was on TV again at Christmas. I was like, holy shit! It's Henry Cavill. He's like six. <laughs> I was like fifteen when that film came out.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, sort of. Briefly on Superman and Lois, um, they sort of did a bait and switch with us with the death of Superman, the season two. You had what you thought was doomsday. They'd already yeah. established a Superboy potentially coming into it with, mm-hmm. um, is it John? No, Jordan. Uh, Jordan. Jordan. Um, obviously, we had a steal. The Eradicator mm-hmm. was established. They put a Mitchell Anderson in series two. Yep. Yeah and he was a dick as well but <laughs> 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 who redeemed himself um yeah i mean i'm not alone we all thought that was going the doomsday way didn't we absolutely yeah i mean they knew what I, they were doing
1: i didn't mind the switch out uh, and i i only watched this. i i only caught up there a little while ago. i haven't even finished it but the um I, I didn't mind the switch out at all. I don't know what the fan reaction was at the time, whether people were kind of slamming their fists on the tape or going, it should have been doomsday, but I didn't mind it at all. But so far, like I'm behind with it, but it's the whole Bizarro thing. I'm, I'm still a, a believer that they should have two, three different storylines over the season. I think it's just stretched out way too far.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it sort of does. I don't want to say too much. Obviously, I have got there. There's quite a nice... They do a take on an element of the world without Superman kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Where he's missing for an episode. um, And it's like over a few months. There's that's quite a nice sort of way of doing it. But yeah, I think it's their way of doing it. I think even they realise that, you know, season two is not the time to kill off your Superman.
2: (laughs) No, I, I feel like they will do a version of it eventually though they'll do a full well, whether it's doomsday or something else like that they, they, they'll definitely do something where the four replacement supermen have to step up and do. and i feel like one of them will be cyborg superman played by tyler hecklin yeah or hopefully the evil superman from the other dimension that we haven't oh seen yeah well. black yeah. So superman maybe, maybe yeah. he'll come back and you know and that's their way of keeping tyler hecklin in the show while the normal superman is
0: Quote yeah, because it's bad, the beauty I of it, see it see is that you can keep your leading man in it. Yeah, I mean, potentially do a few episodes, funeral for a friend style, which would be nice. But I think because it's in the world of Smallville, there's very little. To be world, honest, I would, I would,
1: I would have liked to have seen the Lois and Clark uh, version of Doomsday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Lois and Clark version of Doomsday, Alan, is in Virtually Destroyed, if anyone remembers. Uh, oh yeah, with the yeah.
1: the guy from Batman Returns. The
2: guy from Batman Returns, that sick-ass blonde mullet, and he hands Superman his ass. And it's it's basically the Lois and Clark Doomsday. It's, yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's terrible and amazing. It's one of my favorite episodes.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, sort of... Smallville did a bait and sweet switch in season eight where they gave us Doomsday, but he killed not Jimmy Olsen instead of Clark Kent. Yeah, um, yeah. and everybody Terrible. was like, What it wasn't yeah. Jimmy? That whole Doomsday
1: season thing was just awful. I thought Goodness it was just gracious, it was the worst, it was some of the worst TV I've ever seen, to be honest. Like, it was just and they had him in shadows and he was the paramedic and he was, yeah, yeah, it was just I, I what, don't know that,
2: uh, what, I, what I I think it's an interesting approach though doing it that way where it's like an incredible Hulk situation where he blacks out and he becomes doomsday and i i i do i i think they did some interesting stuff there i will agree though that they're building up this panel for the whole season and then it's just this disastrous found footage thing where you don't see anything it was a real letdown but i i I thought thought which is strange for
1: smallville they don't usually uh they don't usually (laughs) drop the ball for their for their endings
0: (laughs) Yeah. Smallville's weird. It's great at setting up ideas and that, but then just never fails, uh, never it's, succeeds it's in It's like paying the them off. TV
1: Superman version of J.J. Abrams.
0: <laughs> or Russell T. Davis' Doctor Who, which is all like, you know, oh, let's push this big button. Fixed it. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, like you say, we had Doomsday in season two of Krypton. Um, we had the uh, Steel movie, which bypassed the death of Superman completely and just had Steel as his own character. Um, which, you, uh, which you, if we, we we will hopefully be doing a, a
1: future episode of the All-Stars podcast yes. with yourselves. Uh, yes. um, our first Bebo's uh, B-movies. Yep. Um, that we plan to we plan to show. We can talk about that at the end. But yeah, hopefully we'll cover that. Uh, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. I remember thinking it was awful as a kid. So I'm really hoping that I just enjoy it,
0: that it's so bad it's good. When yeah, I, when I, when I when watched I, it I on Channel it. 5. And when I worked at HMV, I went into the break room and I was like, what the fuck are you watching? I was like, you're watching Steel. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough
2: ray j is steel's uh childhood friend in that movie uh, or, or his sidekick if you want he's, he's the, the kim kardashian kid. guy the kim kardashian guy the the so, airpod uh, guy <laughs> if not for the steel movie we might not have kim kardashian's career and uh, the airpod things that he yeah. has so yeah. the world would be a very different place and
1: if he's if if by any chance he's listening, like we'd absolutely take him on as a sponsor for those oh, AirPod things, like every other
0: podcast in the world. So you know, Casper mattresses and those AirPods. Yeah, and yeah. it's a, oh, that's that's a pub quiz question, isn't it? And the, uh, what links him and uh, John Shaft? Yeah, because uh, Shaft okay. plays his uncle, doesn't he? Richard he does. Yeah, that's right. Because he has that whole line about the hammer, about He likes the shaft. Everybody's was meant <laughs> to go. Oh, oh, but the whole target, Adrian would be like what?
2: It's such a weird bit as well, because the camera literally zooms in on him and he goes, but I really like the shaft. And then it just holds for a beat. And if you're seven and you don't know what shaft is, you're like, what?
0: I was like 17. I didn't know what shaft was. I was like, is that a dick joke? Yeah.
1: God. Oh, I'm having flashbacks. I'm having flashbacks to the guy who played the villain, I'm just playing it. Judd over. Nelson. Judd, Nelson, Judd Nelson, Nelson over the top. Yeah. Oh god! It's like you a hot rod?
0: Come on!
1: Yeah.
2: I love, I love that that there is an action figure line from that movie. We're we're wasting all this material that we're going to cover in the episode, but I'm going to yeah. say it anyway. There is an action figure line for that movie, and uh, there is a Judd Nelson action figure as a result of that. And oh, the weapon it. that he comes with is the is a is a repainted, repurposed uh cannon thing that Two Face had in the Batman Forever line. Oh very good
1: How do you know that?
0: I don't know <laughs> I don't know e. <laughs> the, the only steel figure I've got is the John Henry Irons from the Early 2000s DC line Of the Reign of Superman
1: Yeah I actually don't um, have a steel I have an Eradicator alright but I don't have a steel Or I've Cyborg got all of
0: them but Cyborg and Doomsday I, I don't the have a Cyborg Doomsday. was impossible oh, I, do, to I, get, do. I think you had to send away for Cyborg but...
1: I actually got They released a couple of years ago or A few years ago And um, a death of superman figure set uh superman in mid battle kind of final oh, yeah was... with with doomsday and the, the suit is all uh torn up and stuff and I I remember I bought it. it cost me a fortune I had to get it in from the states and uh I immediately put it into storage I haven't taken it out yet or taken it out of the box but I can't wait because it actually looked amazing in the in the display in the box
0: yeah I got excited I thought McFarland had done one but it's a devastator rather than a doomsday ah exactly yeah me. um
2: in addition to, I, I have my my classic uh, Kenner um, Superman, the Man of Steel, steel figure, which is kind of the definitive steel figure as far as I'm concerned. He looks exactly <laughs> as he did in the comics. He looks amazing. I also have a Justice League Unlimited steel figure, which nice. looks exactly as he did in the in the cartoon. I also have a Shaquille O'Neal steel from the movie steel. You're Here kidding there me! There it is, right there. Uh, it's still it's still yeah. in the plastic. Well, it's I mean I've taken it out, but I kept the box, and it's 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 pretty good. That for such a shit film, they made some great, great figures. Really, really good.
1: That that actually looks yeah. kick ass. I'm going
0: on eBay after this. Oh, I kind of have to very, stay off you, there. I yeah, know, I do as well.
2: But at the bottom of his heel, it actually says steel around the, the kind of the corner of his heel, like like a like a nightclub or something. It's it's great. It's really, really
0: awesome. Good. So that's awesome. Did, but, um, did you
1: get that in in, in adult eight years or did you have that since like the 90s?
2: No, no, I, I, I got it in recent years. Yeah, yeah I thought was weakness on eBay. Yeah, like so many toys I own.
0: That's it. I, that whole Man of Steel line bypassed me. I saw it in Woolworths Same. and never bought them because I got into Green Lantern at that point. I like casually like Superman, but I wasn't in love with him like I was
1: such a great line rob has sold me on it since and when i when i go back to kind of getting a couple of figures here and there i'll go back to try and and get that line because i i I spoke before we actually have an episode that we recorded like a year ago that we never we haven't released yet but i I speak about it and uh the um we just couldn't get them in the south of ireland they just didn't exist and i didn't discover them until years later and rob is really so even the even the kind of the really quirky ones like the one rob always takes the piss that i that i (laughs) hate the Punisher, the Punisher kind of Superman with the long Street trench coat, Street
0: Guardians. Now I kind of want all those figures. Yeah. The, now, the figure the they looked at and went, "That's what we'll do for the last couple of series of Smallville."
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> based a Street Guardian Superman was based on an Elseworlds comic. Yeah, so he, there was precedent for that figure. And oh, I actually didn't really know that. Ones. Yeah, there's other really shitty ones that are based on nothing, but that one is based on something. So you got to give them that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because that was the first line that had like conduit in it and. Like all those characters, it's pretty good. It was Um, a great line, yeah. So, quickly, then just sort of rounding out the adaptations of Death of Superman. It's Dirt Mags always describes them as audio movies, so I'm going to include it. Um, In 1993, on BBC Radio, they did the Death and Return of Superman um, audio series that had uh, Stuart Milligan from Jonathan Creek as Superman, Lorelei King as Lois Lane, William Hootkins as Lex Luthor. um, And that is it's pretty much as faithful as you can get. They change stuff because obviously couldn't get rights to certain characters. So Green Lantern's not in it, that sort of thing later on. And to tie it all down. But they condense all of that into two and a half hours and they do it really well. Yeah. Um. I don't know how familiar you both are with it. I mean, I grew up with this. I didn't have a telly in my room growing up. So it was that and comics. And they're the voices I hear when I read the comics. Um, And Lorelei King, when she does the like worry boxes, have gone the distance. Like every time I'm like, <laughs>
2: Have you uh, have you heard that one?
0: No, I haven't. I never it's heard of it. It's all on YouTube. If it's, you put in I, Superman, Doomsday and Beyond, the whole two and a half hours you, is on you there. You can just listen to it. Yeah,
2: I, I would go back even further. There, it started with... there Wasn't there one called Adventures of Superman? First, There was
0: uh, Superman on Trial, which was the oh, yeah. 50th anniversary special. Then they did Adventures of Superman, which adapts Man of Steel and then the comics after it, which I was disappointed when I went to the, read the comics afterwards that they're not the same. Oh, okay. It's like they've adapted it for radio and to condense it down because the Adventure of Superman happens in a tighter space of time than the Man of Steel six-issue miniseries does because that's about 10 years from Clark being 18 to... I think it's about six years over his time in Metropolis, isn't it? Um, From issue two to... I, I highly,
2: highly recommend all of those, especially the death of Superman. It's 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 fantastic. As you said, Stuart, it adapts it like really, really well. Yeah, it, it there is, is, there's bits in it
0: because obviously yeah. it's audio where he's like, you know, would you really be describing this? But it's yeah. done in a way that you don't overly notice. It's only on mm. repeat listening that you sort of start picking up things like, you know, Superman talking about these bony protrusions. Like, Who are you talking to? No. Oops?
2: You're pointing a gun at me and now you've shot me. No, uh the the only thing that sort of bothers me listening to it is that it's clearly, you know, English actors doing American accents, especially the <laughs> kid playing Superboy doesn't just doesn't sound right. It's um, Kerry
0: Shale, I think, isn't it? Um,
2: no, it's lovely. The, the bit I, I mean the is...
0: Superman and Lois Lane are both American. Yes. yes. Um William Hookins, I think, is English doing America, but he's great as Lex.
2: Yeah, but he's doing the Australian... And then he
0: does speech. the Australian action, which doesn't yeah. bother me. Yeah. My favorite <laughs> I love bit, when actually... it slips when he's doing the um, gotcha speech to the dead Superman.
2: My favourite bit in the whole thing, and its I would nearly say I prefer it to the w- way they do it in the comic, is when they're describing the brain swap thing. That... <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, there was a period in 90s <laughs> comics where Lex Luthor was a clone of himself, where he put his brain into...
0: His own son, his essentially. Brain.
2: of of a younger clone or whatever, and they describe this, and it's like Happerson's kind of radio journals, or it's like... It's Uh, it's Dr.
0: Dung describing it as he's dying. He's leaving a radio message.
2: It's so creepy, and it's so well done, and...
0: It's when they say about his brain, and it makes that noise, that (laughs) sort of noise. It's like, uh. (laughs) (laughs) The foliar on it's amazing. How did you discover it, Rob?
2: I'd kind of grown up hearing about it, I think, and uh, do you know what... i'd heard about the nightfall one which Mm. the nightfall one is my favorite of all those nightfall one's great as well you see one day i actually prefer the nightfall radio drama to the actual nightfall comic i love it so much and the guy who plays batman in the nightfall radio drama is frank cotton in hellraiser which is my favorite horror Ah. movie so you know there's a whole bunch of reasons why i love that but i i discovered the superman one through that and yeah, no, it's, it's really, really good. And the William Hookins playing Lex Luthor thing is fun because he was Harry Howler in Superman 4 and he was... Uh, Edgar in Batman Superman as well. And he's
0: the top men guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark.
2: And the the Batman one as well, I should mention. Um, sorry to keep bringing it back to Batman. Uh, Michael Goff plays yep. Alfred oh, in, yeah. Yeah. In, in that. He plays Alfred throughout. It's his longest and most substantial Alfred role like ever. So uh, if you like Michael Goff as Alfred,
0: he's really he, good in it as well. He really gets to shine as Alfred. So
1: <laughs> Michael Goff plays Alfred in the Nightfall, yeah, yeah. radio yeah. show. Yeah,
0: how have I never heard about this?
1: Yeah,
2: and he's he's brilliant in it. Like you're, you're. I think he's like Alfred that. in
0: trial in um Batman Lazarus Project as well.
2: Yes, he is. I believe. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Those
2: Superman ones are, are are great, and they they as you say, Stuart, they they cover like everything in the story. I, I'm I'm trying to think of stuff that they left out. Like there's not. That much, really, is there's it not that much. Obviously, theory. they don't
0: go into uh, Bibbo's not in it, they cut right. stuff like that. Um, but I mean, they cover from um Lex faking his death, clone, uh, Clark revealing himself as Superman, Supergirl coming back as or Matrix Supergirl, which I really liked. The Matrix Supergirl, mm. I know a lot of people shit on it, but I really liked I it. Like... I thought it was a great idea. Um, yeah, right through to the return of Superman. Um, they cut out Green Lantern, obviously. Um, I think it's still Coast City that gets wiped out. Um That's interesting.
2: I don't remember them cutting out Green Lantern. I need to go back and listen to it. Next
0: yeah, cause... no, it's, Green Lantern's not in it at all. Um, I'm guessing because of rights to that character. I guess they have plans from elsewhere. elsewhere. Um, it was a weird thing because they wanted to do more, but because the movies were getting bigger, yeah, they told them that they couldn't do it anymore. They didn't want to compete in, which you'd think the whole thing would lend itself nicely to... Each I, supporting the other.
2: Am I right in saying as well that the, the death of Superman radio drama was literally called Superman Lives?
0: It was called Superman Lives in America.
2: Okay, right.
0: They sold it that in America. It was, it was Superman, Doomsday, and Beyond here. Okay. Um, but they were literally getting... So he was getting stuff from Mike... Dirk Max was getting stuff from Mike Carlin with notes being like, please don't let me see this in tomorrow's paper. Um, <laughs> So he could write it so he knew what was happening. Because I think they were ahead, obviously, to begin with when they started doing death. But by the time they got to returns, they were, you know, pretty much running parallel as they were writing it.
1: It's it's such a strange thing, though, that like that Mike Harlan would be sending stuff over for a British radio play, basically. Of I think the, it all
0: um, Phyllis Hume, I think it was, and Jeanette Kahn with the okay. two sort of driving forces behind it happening, and then. They threw their support behind it. So then, I mean, Dirk Mags and Mike Carn have been friends ever since. When Mike Carn was over a few years ago, there was pictures of the two of them together in a pub. And I was like, I ought to be on the next Amazing. table. So,
2: um, <laughs> you know, just just talking about this now, like, I can't believe it's never even occurred to me. This is absolutely my favorite adaptation of the story is, yeah. is that radio drama, like, without fail.
1: I feel so bad that I haven't never heard it or even heard of it. I'd have to, I have to check it out. That's, that's crazy. And they come and
0: go on YouTube. You can pick them up fairly cheap on CD again on eBay and that for a while. Okay. They were stupidly expensive, buy, but yeah,
2: they're, they're not hard to find.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, cool. I don't know if they're back cool. on audible. They were for a bit, but then they got taken off. Um, I think it's to do with the DC licensing and that. Um, yeah, I don't usually guide people to YouTube but as they're difficult to find it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Grab them where you can. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that sort of wraps it up. Um, do you think we'll ever get a faithful adaptation or an adaptation that do the comics justice? No. In live action? No,
1: I think it's been 30 years now. And I think that if we haven't had it by now, and especially since uh, Batman v Superman kind of shot the load and mm. did it kind of a half-hour version. Which you know, like, uh, and it's strange because, like, we're not we're we're not the main cinema goers who just go and see the Batman v Superman movie. Like, guys, I work with who saw the Batman v Superman movie, and they thought like it was cool and what it was, but like it could have been so much more when when you when you when you like when you're fans like people who listen to this or who listen to our podcast, um, and you grew up with it and you know the meaning of it and the history of it. And to see the way they kind of just threw it in there at the end to just do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah, I think if there was any hope of us getting anything like a real
0: proper version of it, I think Batman v Superman uh, killed it. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you'd definitely be waiting for another reboot. New yeah. Timeline. I've always felt Zack Snyder's kind of a guy who like made a mood board at a comic pages. And just stuck him up and was like, that'll be cool, that'll be cool. Because cool. you've even got the bit from um Dark Knight Returns where a nuke type Superman is recharging himself in front of the sun. Yeah. Like, How many comic references are we gonna throw in here? <laughs> yeah. Pick one like, and, and focus
1: on it. You're like, you're already taking so much from kind of like, you know, the the Dark Knight Returns or whatever. Yeah. Just to throw such another huge kind of element of the Superman history and into one film. I, I remember being in the cinema at the time and just being so angry
0: and annoyed by it. Yeah, I mean you need your say the Superman in that ward wasn't a symbol of hope. As much as they like to claim he was in Justice League. Yeah. It's like I got none of that impression from that film at all. <laughs> but um yeah, they I think you're right. I think they did blow the load on it. I don't know whether they'll ever attempt another animated one, but
2: I think I I I think the Snyderverse did two things. It made people say, I never want to see a Superman origin again. I yeah. never want to see Superman die again. Yeah. But I can't I can't fully say that I believe they'll never try again. And I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they could do a good version of it eventually, especially if they try it on Superman and Lois. I think that could be, even if they don't ad- adapt it exactly as it appeared in the comic. I think Doomsday is tricky, especially on a TV show with a TV show budget yeah like you're never going to be able to do a big rock monster with crazy bones like on a tv show budget even if you like unless they want to do like a disney plus level kind of budget or something like that but you know i i I think there is a version of it that they could do really really well and i think the main thing that a lot of people forget is doomsday is not what makes the story interesting it's all the other stuff around it it's mitch anderson it's the funeral for a friend it's the world reacting to Superman dying. It's all that stuff is great, and like Doomsday is just a big fight. Like you can do a big fight a different way. Yeah, you know, I I, I think there is a way they could do it again. I, I don't know if they ever will, but and, I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I wouldn't like to see it tried one more time.
1: Especially. Just just to speak to that, it was such an amazing time to be a Superman fan and to be reading those books, and like we spoke about it to dan there recently again where like the real world and the comic books kind of aligned there for a while like that whole funeral for a friend thing was happening in real life yeah like people were treating superman as if because superman had been kind of disrespected by comic fans and movie fans and everything for a long time and then suddenly the world was like you know it's like when you lose your favorite toy or you you know you're you know and like there was real kind of real world mourning and maybe i remember it Maybe I'm giving it more weight than what it was, but I really remember it at the time being like, people were talking about it on
0: the news as if
1: Superman was a real person who had actually been killed in this fight. Like, it was crazy.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I can't remember the last time comics sort of made the news over here, at least. I think the last time was possibly when they did the Batman R.I.P. story. Yeah. When there was a brief thing on the news about Batman dying. I think that was the last time. Beyond anything now, it's all to do with the movies.
2: I remember yeah. that actually when, when Batman died, they kind of tried to make it as big of a thing as when Superman died. And there there was like, you know, bookies slash odds on who Batman's killer is and all that kind of stuff. And it was in the Metro and there was pictures of Christian Bale and they were kind of going, we don't know if this is going to feature in the next Batman movie and <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. It was like, come on guys. It, it didn't like I, and I do, I love a lot of that Grant Morrison stuff, but it didn't have the same cultural impact, even though they did try.
0: No, I mean, that was pure lightning in a bottle. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was born out of sheer chance in that, you know, Lois and Clark didn't want him to get married. So they had to yeah. scrap that entire year's worth of storytelling. Um, and like I said at the beginning, I think comics have been chasing it ever since and just never been able to do it. Um, but, Marvel's tried it, DC's tried it. But I, I tell you one thing,
1: and it was never going to happen, but they never, ever, ever. Should have ever used Doomsday in comics after that. No,
0: nope, I 100% agree. As much as I like yeah. Superman, Doomsday Hunter prey as a story. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Doomsday, he's not an interesting character. There's nothing to him. No, it was a bit. I feel the same with Bane. It's, Bane served his purpose. There's
1: definitely
2: more to a bit Bane more than wiggle room Doomsday. With Bane, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Bane is interesting in that they they were able to have. I feel like the rematch between Batman and Bane was more interesting than the rematch between Superman and Doomsday. It's probably because I mean Doomsday
0: killed him once, or they killed each other for yeah. one. Yeah, but I think, it's like where can you go from there? It's like,
1: yeah. And I have to just say when I opened up the book, I opened up the book again today, and like this, this final splash page yeah. they have in it is just it. absolutely beautiful. Like it's just so such a great book.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean like I say, lightning in a ball, pure fucking magic, captured the imagination of comic fans, non-comic fans people who haven't read comics since they were kids Did you ever play the game, uh, Stuart? Uh, I have a friend of mine had it, and I remember playing it, but I'm not a big gamer I'm not very yeah. good at games, they piss me off more than calm me down, it's like <laughs> the amount of James Bond games I've bought because they're James Bond games and played once, i fucked like, fuck this shit <laughs> life's too short if, if I can't set it on like super easy mode <laughs> essentially things are dying in front of me instead of me having to do anything
1: Yeah, because we, we talked about it in our video we did one of our early episodes of All-Star Fan was a, a game where we talked about all the, the various incarnations of uh, Superman in video game and I know Rob is a big fan of that game It goes yeah,
0: for stupid money now, so doesn't good. it?
2: Yeah, it, but I I mean I've never played a physical I've only ever played it on the yeah. and and it's, it's just so much fun you No,
0: know, I was tempted to get it just for the collection but yeah, actually, those prices. <laughs> I was looking through when I was looking through the
1: book. There's I, one thing I love about reading retro comics is the advertisements in the, yeah. in the yes. comics. There's one for like a hook game, but there is actually here an advertisement for a Superman video game.
2: Oh, I've played that one. The
1: Sunsoft <laughs> on the Sega Genesis Superman <laughs> Sunsoft. Never heard of it. I don't think we covered that one, Rob. Did we? I
2: I think I mentioned it briefly in that episode. It's kind of like a Super Mario type thing. You're jumping around. Ah. Yeah. It's not great. It's not as good as the death of.
0: Yeah, I, I think sort of they peaked with that. Um, you sort of touched on it then. So, what have you guys got coming up on the pod? Obviously, you've had the um, Marv Wolfman episode recently. Dan Jurgens' one, which I'll put the link in because obviously that ties nicely into this as well. Um,
1: like, like, um, like Batman v Superman, we've we've shot the load. We have we have nothing else <laughs> interesting to <laughs> coming this year. <laughs> no, uh, what do you want to take that one, Rob?
2: yes we we have uh we have a superman returns episode that we recorded with matt earlier in the year that we're really excited about and uh yeah a lot of hot takes in that one we also have a collectibles episode that's been as alan said earlier on it's been sitting on the shelf loved but not always uh not always paid attention to uh we we are going to put that one out eventually Um, that
0: should be a christmas uh, episode you know when Siskel and Ebert used to do like you know movie gifts episodes yeah yeah that should be your christmas gifts episode
2: (laughs) There's some really, really funny kind of recollections and stories in that one, that I, I, I'm really looking forward to people hearing that. Yeah, episode. me too. But those are our big two. And I'm honestly, Stuart, I'm really, really looking forward to looking back on steel with you. Yeah, same. That'll
1: be a lot of fun. We were talking to uh, Zach Moore as well recently. He's going to come on and do, he came on back in February, I think. And we did a kind of a deep dive into the character of Bizarro and Zach's going to come on and do one a uh, similar episode, but focusing on Lex Luthor so um we're looking forward to that but yeah we're going to kind of keep it kind of solo and just kind of friends of yeah. the podcast kind of thing we're we're kind of done with guests now for the year and stuff um and we've had some great interviews over the year and stuff but we want to kind of do a couple of more solo ones and get friends yeah. of the podcast on and stuff and we'll get out we'll get some kind of a christmas special episode out as well so yeah it's great awesome
0: that's cool and no, i really look forward to those i really enjoy it i um said i listened to the dan Jergens one today because it downloaded after I'd gone to work yesterday, so I was, like, <laughs> I was like, "I was like, oh, I can listen to this." Oh shit! <laughs> but fortunately, there was a Lois and Clark on there, so I was like, "Let's get me Superman fixed that way."
1: Yeah, And um, Matt, we were saying that we we're saying it to Matt that recently, like Matt's coming to the end of his journey as well. With his podcast is is coming up quick. We we uh, we feature on a very um, which will be a very fun episode of, yeah. uh, of Matt's podcast coming up there. Um, me and Rob and a couple of other people uh, contributed to a special kind of episode that we recorded there short uh, a little while
0: ago. So we're really looking forward to people hearing that too. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I said to Matt, I'm not I'm not ready to accept that it's coming to an end yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's been part of my life for so long now, but much like the show, I can just revisit it and. Yeah. yeah, and I think
1: he he announced during the week that he's starting his um, uh, birds of, of T- prey. Always hold on to birds of prey, or sorry, no, sorry, Legends yeah, of tomorrow. Yeah, Legends yeah. Of tomorrow, apologies, apologies. Um, so yeah, that'd pretty good. So I think I think Matt, like he's 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 sad to see it kind of that era come to an end, but I think he's he's looking forward to the new horizons as well. So uh, yeah. we, we wish him all, we'll all, wish
0: him the best. Of luck, obviously, yeah. And there's there's always excuses to go back every once in a while. Just yeah, get clean <laughs> from it for a little while and. And yeah, go back to it then. But no, um, yeah, no, cheers for doing this. I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I'll put all the links in the show notes for where people can find All-Star Superman and all that. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode. If you've enjoyed me talking Death of Superman on film in this episode, why not check out the Omen to That podcast in which I'll be on a special episode crossing over with this one, where I'll be talking more focused on the Death of Superman comic with Damien, Dennis Whittle, and myself, uh, all discussing the comic on that episode. Um, the episode's going live the same day as this episode, so I'll put a link to the Omen to That podcast in our show notes, so you can check it out there, and hopefully it'll be live when you listen to this. Usual things, follow us on social medias, just search for And Why Not Pod, um, we're on iTunes, or whatever it's called now, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Good Pods, Acast, all those ones. Uh Yeah, like, subscribe, all that usual nonsense. Um, but yeah, there's only really one way to end this episode, and that's with Lorelai King as Lois Lane, reading Lois Lane's news report from Superman 75. Thanks for listening, and thanks for coming on, guys. Thank See you. Ya. Bye.
2: Like weary boxers who have gone the distance, the combatants collided in one last explosive effort. In the years to come, a few witnesses will tell of the power of these punches, that they could literally feel the shockwaves. Others will remember the enormous crater that resulted from the sheer force of the blows. Most will remember this sad day as that on which the proudest, most noble man they ever knew finally fell. But for those who would be his friend,
0: those who would call him son, those who loved him, it is too late.